Welcome to worship with Dawson Memorial Baptist Church. At Dawson, we seek to be found faithful as God's people as we become and help others become faithful servants of Jesus Christ. Now join us as we worship God through the teaching of His Word in today's message. It is a joy to be with you, church, and to be able to share from God's Word this morning. The title of my message is, What Happened Later? But don't get excited. We're not going to speak about the Meg Ryan movie that has the same title. But rather, we're going to go to Luke chapter 7. We're going to look at a story that to me is an encouraging one. It's one that gives us hope. A story that regardless of what you're going through in your life today or in your family, uh, it's encouraging. Uh, It is uh, a word that strengthens us. It's a word that gives us hope. We're going to begin reading in Luke chapter 7 with verse 11. We're going to read through verse 17. If you have your, your copy of the Word of God, I would ask that you follow along with me. It says, verse 11, And it came about soon afterwards that he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large multitude. Now as he approached the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt. And he said to the young man, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. And fear gripped them all, and they began to glorify God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this, is, and this report concerning him went all over Judea and in all surrounding district. The encounter was dramatic that day. Two large processions met outside of the city gates of Nain. The Bible says that that first procession was coming into the city. And according to the uh, biblical record, uh, we see Jesus in that procession. We see that he's accompanied by his disciples and by what the Bible says calls a, uh, a multitude of people, a large multitude. And this procession marched to the drumbeat of celebration. It was a, it was a, a procession of life, of joy, of celebration. Uh, people were rejoicing for the miracles that they had witnessed uh, Jesus do. And they were walking into the city of Nain with anticipation and expectation of what Jesus was going to do in that city. And as they're walking into the city, the Bible says that there's another procession, a large procession, walking out of the city. And this procession is comprised of a group of downcast and afflicted people. For a young man in the prime of his life had died. And this procession was marching to a funeral dirge. This young man passes away, leaves his mother a widow alone, and she's feeling the pain, and she's feeling forsaken. And I imagine that instead of praises on their lips, we see 
tears running down their cheeks. And I imagine that in place of joy, we see sadness. And in place of hope and expectation, there's a, a profound sense of concern for the future. As a matter of fact, as we read this biblical story, I imagine that this lady, this widow woman, uh, stepped out of her home by herself and took her place in front of that procession to lead it to the cemetery. She walked the streets of Nain, followed by those professional mourners, those people that for money would weep for the dead. I imagine that behind them were the friends of this young man and friends of the family. They, they joined the procession. Others who did, perhaps didn't know the family just stood in respect and they, they walked the winding roads of Nain to the cemetery that laid outside of the city with no expectation, with no idea that they were about to encounter Jesus Christ. It's interesting that the city is named Nain. It is a it comes from a Hebrew, Hebrew word that means beautiful, that means pleasant, that means that uh, wonderful. And I don't know how many of us here today can give a word of testimony that when you encounter Jesus Christ, something pleasant, something beautiful, something wonderful takes place. Is there a witness in the house, somebody that has experienced Jesus personally? It hasn't changed. Jesus hasn't changed. Anytime we encounter Jesus, something will happen. The Word of God says that wherever there's two or three gathered in his name, that he is there. I think we have more than two or three people here today. And so the Lord is present. And anytime that Jesus is present, something occurs. You cannot encounter Jesus and walk away the same person. You can't do that. Nicodemus found that out. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus had an encounter with Jesus, and he had to decide if he was going to be born again or he was just going to continue the religious life that he had before. John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman encountered Jesus Christ, and she had to decide if she was going to drink that same old lukewarm water from the well or was she going to drink the water of life that Jesus offered her. Mark 10, the rich young ruler encounter Jesus, and he had to make a decision himself. He had to decide if he was going to take his riches and invest them in the words of life that Jesus offered or in the marketplace of his day. Anytime we're in Jesus' presence, something occurs, and that's going to happen today. It's impossible to be in his presence and walk away the same way. But the question that we all want to ask is what happened later? What happened later after these two processions met? I want to share with you four truths that I believe that what happened later in the city of Nain can also happen today here in our presence. And the first thing I want you to notice with me is in verse 12 and 13. The Bible says that Jesus approaches the city. Verse 13 says, and when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her. Our English word doesn't communicate the extent of what happened there, what Jesus' action was. Because it has to do with more than just physically seeing. When it says that Jesus saw her, that it was more than physical sight. I see you, and, 
and you see me, but I have no idea what you're going through in your life. I have no idea what you're feeling right now. You have no idea of the fear and the nervousness that's running through my body right now. <laughs> but you see me. But the, the, the word that is used there for Jesus when it says that he saw her is a Greek word that has to do with perception. It has to do with total and complete knowledge. When Jesus saw the widow woman, he perceived her need. He understood her, her suffering. The same can be said of the word com, uh, compassion, that he had compassion for her. You and I, we can have compassion for someone that uh, loses a job or someone that is diagnosed with an illness. We might say, well, oh, that's so bad. I, I feel for that person. My heart goes out to them. You know, we, we, we might say something like this, but the Greek word in the, in the New Testament there in Luke 7 for for compassion, when it, when it says that he felt compassion for her, literally means that Jesus felt in his body her pain. Jesus felt literally in his body her suffering. And so to me, it's a word of encouragement for us. Because just like Jesus saw her and Jesus had compassion for her, Jesus sees you and Jesus sees me. And he understands what you're going through. He understands the difficulty that, that perhaps you're in. And, and the prophet Nahum gives us, a, a, a undergirds this thought when he says in Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him or those who take refuge in him. I, I, I thank God that th today Jesus sees us. I believe that's why the, the, the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 5, 7 says that we can cast on him, cast on him all our anxieties because he cares for us. There are moments in life that we go through hardships. If you're here today and you're not going through a hardship and you're not, you don't have any difficulty in your life, I want you to praise him. <laughs> praise the Lord. Because sooner or later, we all confront hardships and difficulties in our lives. We all, at moments in our life, feel like the boxer. When he, the boxer is beaten up and he can't fight anymore, he can't defend himself, his team, his corner will grab a, a towel and they'll throw it in and they'll say, no mas. That means no more. And they'll throw it and they'll say, no mas. We quit. We give up. And there are moments in our lives when Satan comes and he bombards us. He hits us from the right. He hits us from the left. And we're saying, like, when is this going to stop? And it just seems that the more that we try, the harder it becomes. And we, and, and we get that thought of grabbing that towel and saying, this isn't worth it. I, I, I quit. But I believe that Jesus' word here in, in the gospel is for us because just like he responded to her and to the widow woman, he said, do not weep. He says to you, don't throw the towel. Don't give up, regardless of what you're facing. For some, it may be a physical condition. You've been diagnosed with an illness and, and you're ready to throw the towel in. For some, it may be a marriage or family crisis that you're in and you're really ready to throw the towel in. For some, it may be a son or a daughter that turned their backs on Christ. And Jesus says, don't throw the towel. Don't give up. 
He promised never to leave you. He promised never to forsake you. He promised to be with you to the ends of the day. And so this word, of, this word that Jesus has compassion on this wounded woman is a word of encouragement for us because he sees you. And he understands what you're going through. I'm, I may not. But he has compassion on you. But there's a second thing that we see in this passage that he does. Not only does Jesus see her, not only does Jesus have compassion on her, notice that the word of God says in verse 14, and he came up to her. He came up to her. He walked up to her. Jesus approaches the widow in her need. Not only does Jesus see her and has compassion, he comes and approaches her. I, I, I don't know how many of us here uh, are thankful that we have a God that is not distant. We have a God that isn't up in the heavens somewhere while we're struggling here on earth. We have a God that, is, that comes and approaches us. He, he meets us in our place of need. He, he helps us in the times of, of uh, our pain and our suffering. And, and in that very moment, we see that the multitudes are, uh, are in the background. Jesus approaches her personally. We see, we see the, the intimate moment of, of a soul in need and the Savior, the loving Savior that will help that soul. And Jesus approaches her. I believe that Jesus acts like that mom or that dad that has a small child, and that small child is running and trips and falls. That mom and dad will run up there and just embrace that child and encourage that child. I believe that's what Jesus does. Here's a woman, a widow, that has tripped, that has fallen. She's lost everything. Her, her son dies. She's a widow. She has no one. And Jesus comes and he embraces her and encourages her by approaching her. Perhaps you've come today and you have a heavy heart. Or perhaps you've come today and you're anxious about tomorrow. I want you to know that just like he approached that widowed woman, he approaches you today. And his desire is to encourage you and strengthen you. And there's something that takes place that um, blows my mind here in this passage because it says in verse 14, and he came up and, and he came up to her, he, he approached her, and listen to this in verse 14, and he touched, touched the coffin. He touched the coffin. Now, why that blows my mind is because in the Jewish law, anyone who approached the dead or touched possessions of the dead, whether it be their clothing or the coffin, became unclean, religiously unclean. And the Bible says that Jesus not only approached her, but he touched the coffin. Jesus became unclean for this woman. It, it demonstrates the love that he had for her, the interest that he had for her, that he would be willing to become unclean for her. But listen to me, church. He did it for you too. He did it for you too. For the apostle John says in John 1.1, 1, 1, speaking about Jesus, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Apostle Paul later in Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin was made sin. In other words, Jesus, when he 
who, who did not sin was made sin. When he, he, Jesus was crucified on the cross, he carried my sin and your sins. He was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was willing to become unclean for this widow woman, but Jesus was willing to become unclean for you and for me. He demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. And we see how Jesus has compassion for her. Jesus approaches her. I want you to see a third thing in this passage in verse 14. The word of God says, and he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a hole. And here's the third point. Jesus sends forth his word in the midst of the widow's need. He says to the young man, young man, I say to you, arise. And verse 15 says that that young man sat up and he began to speak. Jesus does not do things uh, in, in a half-hearted manner. He, he speaks, he, he, he sends his word out, the boy, that young man sets up, uh, Jeremiah 33 says, call on me, call to me, and I will answer you. Whenever you come to Jesus with a need, whenever you come to the Lord in prayer, you can be assured that he will answer you. Whenever we approach, uh, embrace his word, whenever we take in faith that, that the, the love demonstrated to us through Jesus Christ, you can be assured that the Lord will act on our behalf. And, and, and it's encouraging to me that when he does this, when Jesus sends forth his word, that young man was already dead. As a matter of fact, they're m m uh, walking to the cemetery those professional lamenters, those people that for money weeped for the dead, they're doing their best weeping possible. And Jesus sends out his word, and the young man sets up, and he begins to speak. Whenever Jesus sends his word, whenever we embrace the word of God, whenever we in faith uh, apply it to our lives, what happens later is always amazing. And there's Bible says in verse 15, I, I want you to know that he, he compassion on her, he approaches her, he sends forth his word, but I want you to look in verse 15, and, and the fourth thing I want you to notice is that it says that he blesses the widow according to her need. It says, and the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus gave him back to his mother. Can you imagine that encounter, that moment? I'm encouraged that the Lord doesn't do things uh, halfway. Uh, in my case, I might start painting half the bathroom in my house. It'll take me a, a year and a half to finish the rest, of the, the rest of the bathroom. But the Bible says that when Jesus begins something, when the Lord begins something, he finishes it. And, and Paul says in Philippians 1.6 that he who began in you the good work will perfect it, will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And we see here how Jesus takes this young man uh, from his coffin, that, that deathbed, and he takes it din, din, uh, tenderly and gingerly to the mother who is just awestruck at what she's seen. And he gives this young man back to the loving embrace of his mother. Jesus doesn't do things half-heartedly, but he won't do it either in, our, in your life. When you trust him and you come to him, when you approach him, um, what happened next when Jesus gives this child, this young man back to the mother? 
her procession of death, her procession of pain, her procession of suffering turned into a procession of life and of celebration. I believe that the professional lamenters in that moment when Jesus takes that young man and gives it to the mother, I imagine that the professional lamenters became very worried that they would have to give back their money. I imagine that the young man's friends are awestruck, their mouths are open, seeing what happens with an individual, a man, a woman, a young person, has an encounter with Jesus Christ. When you come to the Lord, what can happen? Something beautiful, something pleasant, something wonderful always occurs. But the truth is that spiritually speaking, we're all in one of these two processions. Yes, today we are either in one procession or the other. You're either walking in the procession of life and celebration with Jesus Christ because there was a moment in your life that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he changed and transformed your life. And today you're walking with him. You're, you're living a joyous life or you're, you're enjoy, you are enjoying the victory in Jesus or you're walking in the procession of death, a procession perhaps of defeat, of frustration, a procession of, no, of hopelessness. When, this, when Jesus gives the mother, excuse me, when Jesus gives the young man back to the mother, these two processions join together and they go into the city rejoicing with shouts of joy and shouts of celebration. But we're all in one of these two processions. My question is, in which one are you in? I believe Jesus sends his word to us today. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Perhaps, perhaps you've come this day to church and you've been living life your way. Maybe you've tried to do things your way, how you thought would be best, and all you've discovered and experienced is pain and frustration and defeat. I want to encourage you to come to Jesus today and give him your life. Open your heart and trust him. There's a wonderful guarantee from Jesus Christ himself in the Gospel of John when Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I in no way will cast out. What a promise. If you're willing to take a step of faith and give your heart and your life to him, just like that procession in this widow woman's life was transformed into a procession of celebration, the same can happen in your life. But some of us may be here and you're, you may be going through hardships. Maybe you've been bombarded by the enemy. Maybe, you're, maybe you have that towel in your hand and you're ready to throw it and say no mas, meaning no more. You're ready to quit. I want to encourage you, come today to Jesus. Let him minister according to your need. Let let him give you that word of encouragement. The prophet Isaiah says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The Lord wants to do a wonderful job in your life, a wonderful work in your life. If you're in one procession or the other, the Lord is present. He sees you. He knows what's going on in your life. He has compassion on you, and he wants to bless you today. Would you go to God with me in prayer? Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our family of faith, 
or to learn how to become a follower of Jesus, please visit DawsonChurch.org. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.